Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I am glad to be back at you again. Hey, if you're new here, this is a podcast for Christian men inside of recovery to live an awesome, spirit-filled life. If that is you, then welcome. Welcome. Uh, in this podcast, you will find uh, inspiration and revelation uh, from the Word of God and, and, and strictly related to Christian men inside of recovery. Um, so I hope you enjoy so we're we're going through the book of Luke, and we are in um, chapter fifteen and verse one, and we are going to read about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, and uh, glean some information and some inspiration uh, for this recovery journey. And so there is a lot of scriptures here, so I'm going to paraphrase the story as I go, but I'm going to reve- uh, read verse one and two just so we get a uh, indication of what's taking place here. Now, tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him speaking of Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then it goes into detail of these stories, uh, which are so powerful. But I'd like to bring out first the attitude and the mindset of the Pharisees of being the separatist. And that is that they thoroughly believed that purity was um, being a separatist. And that is separating yourselves from the common people. And they had no association with uh, those that would be deemed as sinners. And we know that Jesus was far different, uh, that he was in homes of um, people that were thieves and and liars and... um, probably alcoholics. Um, There were prostitutes um, around in the mix. And so needless to say, he wasn't surrounded or he wasn't uh, um, afraid to get dirty, if you will. He wasn't afraid to get in the mess. Now, this is a, was a total contradiction inside of the Pharisees' mind because um, they were f- so far removed uh, from that environment And they were self-righteous and said anybody who would put that environment or associate with those kind of people is somehow participating inside of their sins. And so Jesus began to talk about these three parables. Now, the first one is the lost sheep. And that is a sheep that that he asked this question after being confronted and hearing the 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 complaints of the Pharisees, saying, asking, you know, if you had a sheep. And it left um, in one sheep, would you leave the 99 and go in search for that sheep? And so it's challenging their belief system and challenging their paradigm. It's correcting a misconception that they had and a false belief. And I want to to lead you again, once again, to understand if you follow me in any podcast, you know that uh, I talk about this periodically, but Jesus destroys false beliefs. You see, the Pharisees had a narrative that was, um, we are holy, we are righteous, we are better than thou, and that we are not going to associate with you, lowly sinners. 
And so he comes along and through a sequence uh, or a sequence of stories begins to smash and destroy their belief system and give justification to why he is mingling and associating himself with the ill repute, right? And so he says, suppose of you, you had a sheep, would you not leave the 99 and go in search for that sheep? And then in the lost coin, it goes, if you lost a coin, would you not light a candle and search the house top and bottom till you found that coin? Now, this is much uh, different than losing a quarter. Uh, this was a silver piece, and it was worth a significant amount of money. And said, wouldn't you uh, sweep the house and begin to look for it? And so all of this, uh, these two stories here, correlate to why he would um, be in the presence of sinners. And this is, was this was his mindset. But I want you to think about uh, these three stories, the lost coin the, and the lost sheep and the lost son, and really begin to think of what they all had in common. And the reality is, is that each of the main character, or Jesus is actually the main character, but each of the, um, each of the people or the objects in this case were lost. Uh, they were missing. And so we're going to go into what that actually means. So when you look at the Greek definition, you find um, that lost first means to, to destroy yourself. And that is to undergo a process of self-destruction. So when you think about the lost in that context, in that mindset, you, you, you signify a sheep you signify a, a coin doesn't really kind of pick up the, the definite meaning, but let's just say the sheep. You signify the sheep uh, that has wandered away and is in the process of destroying itself and undergoing some form of self-destruction. And so this is what he correlated um, people to, that there is a certain class of people, there is a certain uh, um thing going on inside of the lost sheep that correlates to lost people, that they're under the process of self-destruction and uh, attention is required and attention is needed. And so therefore, with his mindset says, you know what, I would leave the 99 sheep that are doing well and, 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 and doing what they are supposed to be doing, and they have not strayed away. I'll leave the 99 and go find the one because is in the process of destroying itself. And so I want you to think about this inside of your own life, inside of other humans, that there's clearly um, a self-destruction process that, um, that people go through. And that is piece by piece, um, they're destroying themselves. And um, there's a, a favorite song that I really like. Um, it's by Papa Roach, one of my uh, favorite uh, rock bands. And uh, it's called Getting Away With Murder. And he talks about the piece by piece uh, destroying himself uh, with alcohol and addiction. And so piece by piece, he's getting away with murder because he is drowning out his sorrows. And piece by piece, he is dying, right? 
And so I want us to fully understand this, this concept of self-destruction, that that's what addiction is. Especially addiction that is covering trauma. Uh, that you've uh, you've experienced a traumatic experience, post traumatic stress, uh, any sort of abuse or related to that, and you are um, using a substance to cope, um, to drown out your feelings, to push them down, to escape, and to no longer feel. And what is taking place is that you're getting away with murder, right? Piece by piece, little by little. Um, you are killing yourself in a very small fashion. Uh, addiction in that sense is a form of progressive suicide. And that is, it, it progressively um, goes forward, but the intent is to drown out and to silence um, the memories and the thoughts and the feelings. And it leads to our utter destruction, little by little, piece by piece. And I'm thoroughly familiar with this process. <clears throat> but uh, the next definition is to really lose yourself. To lose yourself. Now, this is not the self of, uh, of the ego that Jesus said that you must deny yourself and lose yourself. This is the self of your, your soul, who you are as a person, your identity. And so what basically this term loss means is that you're, you're becoming half the man that you used to be and that you are losing yourself. And this is definitely a, um, an overall picture of the mindset of addiction. And finally, the last definition is to mar yourself. Now, when something is marred, it, it is tainted, it is corrupted, it is polluted. And when we think of that term as being lost, we kind of get the picture of us being uh, uh, corroded and corrupted and going through a disintegration process. All addiction is a disintegration process. You see, the act of, of destroying is taking on the mindset and saying, you know what, I'm going to piece by piece uh, have this fall apart. Um, the idea of losing yourself is, is to fail to keep, maintain, and sustain yourself and your soul. And the bottom line, what that means is that you are prone to wander and go astray, right? And so there's this idea of the sheep that is all by itself. Now, it got this way for uh, certain reasons, certain choices, or certain things that begin to happen. Um, but the bottom line is, is that it strayed. And that is that it went away from the pack and decided to do its own thing, decided to be self-willed and self-sufficient and say, you know what, I'm not going to to be with the, the majority of the group that I'm going to go astray and I'm going to go my own way. And what, what begins to happen in that state and condition is that we begin to fail to keep sight of the overall plan. We fail to keep sight of, uh, of, of God's ways of protection and, we, and those things go out of sight and out of mind and we go on our journey away from the fold. 
And ask me how I know this, because I've done this many times. Going through a process of self-destruction and piece by piece, my life deteriorating in some way or fashion. And then looking at myself and saying, you know what? I am half the man that I used to be. And I don't like it. You see, when, when something is marred, when something is tainted, it's, 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 Overall capacity is diminished. And I want you to think about this for a minute, that a painting that has been beautifully painted, right? Uh, let's just say a mural on a wall in, in uh, inside the community. And they have these and they're beautiful and it's nice. And um, some little punk comes along and just starts to uh, tag all over the place. Now, all of a sudden, what once was this beautiful painting, this beautiful mural that displayed the artist's uh, creativity is now tainted, marred, and diminished because someone decided to graffiti it. And so when we take that mindset and say, you know what, God has created something power, something beautiful, right? And it happened at the beginning of time. But because of rebellion, because of choice, because of certain things that begin to happen, it got tainted and it got marred. And the perfection and the wholeness that once was is now spoiled, is now diminished. And what happened was that in Adam, all became like the lost sheep. And we became marred and diminished in our capacity. And the reason why we are not on the way or are not on the path is because just like the sheep, we have wandered. But the reality is, is that, that the gospel, Jesus, and the message says that God will leave the 99 and go after the one. And I want you to think about this for a moment uh, as far as missing and exploited children. And that is if one of your children, just one, not all of them, just one, were somehow missing and exploited in some fashion, what would be your mindset in regards to that one lost child? And then think about that for a moment and get in touch with the heart of the Father. Who says, you know what? I, I see, I see my, my, ch my child uh, choosing destruction. I see my child becoming half the man that they used to be. I see them going astray, wandering. And I see the diminished capacity that they now hold. And he says, I will go after the one. I don't know about you, but I am the one. And I'm sure you're listening to this podcast because you are the one. You know, I was raised in Christian school and went to church. And, you know, the people around me um, seem to be rocking it in life. And, uh, you know, they had families that loved them and, and kind of paved the way to an awesome life. 
Um, but I wasn't that. I was the one. I was the one that was broken. I was the one that was lost. I was the one that was destroying itself. I was the one who decided to wander away from the fold. And I'm sure uh, in some way or fashion, you listen to me today, you're the one too. Because somewhere along the path, you have decided uh, for addiction. Somewhere along the path, you decided for a cheap substitute that uh, didn't work out for you. Somewhere along the way, you become the one that was missing and lost. So Jesus says this, I will go after the one. Because that one is important to me. And just like a child <clears throat> that was missing and exploited, that we, we would leave our wife and our families, we would leave our other children who are whole and safe, because they're at home, right? And they are protected. And what will you do? You will go after, you will leave the 99 and you'll go after the one. Because that is the one who is in danger. That is the one who needs safety and protection. And the bottom line is that is the one who needs to be saved. And so as, as answering this question of why does Jesus eat with sinners and associate with people of low degree, it comes to the bottom line is, is that there are a lot of lost sheep. There are a lot of the ones in that inside of that environment. And so he has no problem going after, chasing, pursuing, seeking, searching, rescuing the one. Just like I would have no problem uh, leaving my kids that are safe and going after my missing and exploited child. What would I do? I would chase, I would pursue, I would seek, I would search, and I would rescue. What do people do when children go missing? Search parties begin to take place and people in the community begin to join. And all of a sudden, there is a mass amount of people going after pursuing, seek, searching to rescue. And so now we get the mindset. And so the same thing that happens with the sheep happens inside of a silver coin. It happens inside of a sun. And this is the whole 15th chapter of Luke, one story after another that begins to identify why God would associate with men and women who are lost and disconnected. And what is crazy about this is that when, when the sheep is found, there is cause for celebration. And when the silver coin is found, they, they call the neighbors and say, yeah, I found my lost coin, you know, celebrate with me. And then, of course, when, when, you, when your lost child comes home, it is worthy and a cause for celebration. And what these, these Pharisees didn't understand was that when sinners come home, it is a cause for celebration. 
It's not a cause to look upon them and say, look at how they wasted their life. Look at how stupid they were. Look at how dumb and ignorant they are. This, that, and the other thing. No, it's a cause for celebration. But the reality is, is that, that to discover the lost, must we must diligently seek, right? And so the shepherd... Uh, left the 99 to go after and pursue the one. But it says the, the, for the coin, the woman seeks diligently to find it. And we look at Jesus and we see his example and everything that he's done for us. And we say, you know what? He has said after pursuance and to search after me so I could be rescued. And that he, does, he did this in a very diligent fashion. And it was motiva motivated by his love for us. So let's dive into the story of the son. That The story goes that the younger son demanded his inheritance early from his father. Now, in most cultures and, more, and uh, most uh, um, you know, family systems in, in different uh, nations, it was probably more, <laughs> more accustomed to wait till your father died, right? Uh, to experience the inheritance. But the younger son said, you know what? I'm not sitting around and waiting for you to die. In fact, Father, can you go ahead and give me my inheritance early so I could be on my merry way? And what he was basically doing was saying uh, uh, kind of a slap in the face, but he was saying, Father, I want to get as far away from you as I possibly can. And this is the idea and the concept of running away from God and having a life that has uh, freedom, right? Uh, without restrictions and without boundaries, and I could do whatever I want. And this is this is symbolized once again of the the one lost sheep. This is symbolized of the lost coin, but it goes into even further this lost son who says, you know what, give me my inheritance early. I'm running away and I want a life without restrictions and without boundaries. And if you're listening today, you're probably that one. That somewhere along this path of life, you decided to run away. You decided to hide. You decided to lie. You decided to go all in with sin in some way or fashion inside of an addiction that was somehow consuming your life and making you half the man you were. And you decided, yes, I'm going to live this up. Yes, I'm going to party. I'm going to have a life without restrictions and without boundaries. And we, just like the younger son, we have traded our relationship with our father we traded our position, our privileges, everything that connection with the Father represents to go out in a distant land to depart from Him and to pursue these cheap thrills, which give us this fleshly moments of pleasure, that they're fun, good times, right? So the son left with all that money into a faraway land, and you know what he began to do? He began to live it up. He began to party hard. And all of a sudden, because he had lots of money and lots of substance, what did he have? He had lots of friends to help join inside of the party. 
this is much like an entrepreneur um, hitting uh, success inside of his business and saying, you know what, I'm going to party. I'm going to live it up. I'm going to snort cocaine. I'm going to the Playboy Mansion. We're going to have big parties at my house with a lot of sexy women. And we're going to have a lot of drugs and a lot of sex and we're going to live it up. You think that this don't happen? This happens all the time inside the business world. In fact, a lot of the business world is centered around this this uh, uh, this lust and this lavish lifestyle of of drugs and women. And so he decided to go to a faraway land, live it up. And it doesn't go into great detail, but you know good well that there was a lot of alcohol and there was a lot of sex, a lot of prostitution going on. And it keeps a, a little kind little uh, sentence in regards to that. But he begins to waste his money on crazy living. And he went all in. He went all in until there was nothing left. And what happens when there's nothing left? What happens when the party's over? Right? Everybody leaves. All the friends are gone. And he's left alone inside of his desperation. So he came to this place of desperation and begins to, um, all the money's gone and he, and he begins to take a job feeding pigs. And under the Jewish culture, they just really didn't have nothing to do with swine. It was, uh, um, you know, this was the utter rock bottom for him. That he would take a job feeding pigs. Not only that, but he came to the point where he was so hungry that he was going to consider eating what the pigs ate. And this is an example of just going all in with your sin, going all in with your addiction and leading you to the pig pen, right? Uh, it's metaphorical, but it could lead to jail. Um, it could lead to divorce. It could lead to your body falling apart and, and you having um, sickness and disease and different stuff like that. But the point is, is that that the self-destruction process leads to deterioration in some way or fashion. Now, many men have the illusion that they're okay because um, they have one area of their life good. Like they may ha still have a job and make good money. And they may even have a good house inside of this process. And so, therefore, they justify and say, you know what, I haven't, um, that I'm not like this. But we got to understand that this this scenario of going to the pig pen can happen just in one area of our life. And that is, it can lead us to poverty. It can lead us to divorce. It can lead us to being spiritually bankrupt and having no relationship and connection with God. And so it leads us to eating the pig slop. So the son in that state and condition in this, you know, in this terrible place, says, you know what, my, um, the servants at my father's house have it better than this. And what it is, is it is the idea of repentance and saying, you know what, 
this is a terrible state and condition. I don't like what's going on here. I don't like that my marriage is failing. I don't like that my my bank account is empty. I don't like that my body is falling apart. And you could pick whatever one is related to you. I don't like, you know, living in this state and condition. And he began to see the possibility of a way out. And that's where everything begins to change. So he begins to set on a journey back to his father's house. So the son returns to his father's house, and before he can even make it home, the father saw him a great far way off, right? And he began to have compassion on him. He ran, he fell on him, and he kissed his neck. And what we see here is the, the mindset of God that sees one of his sons returning home. I wonder how much he thought about his son as the days go by. It's much like a father whose son is into drugs and alcohol and addiction, into pain, and you being overall concerned about their well-being and thinking that I can't wait to someday see them again so I know that they're still alive. So the father sees him afar off and he runs. And this is what begins to happen when we start getting a clue. When the light bulbs start clicking and, uh, and we start to be woke and there starts to be activity inside of our soul, inside of our spirit, and the Holy Spirit is beginning to draw us and we begin to take on the mindset of, you know what, I'm going back to my father. And the father sees that one decision in a great way far off and he runs and he meets the son. You see, God is just waiting for the light bulb to click. For you to actually be honest about your state and condition where you are. And you could be in the pig pen inside of your marriage. You could be in the pig pen inside of your finances, inside of your faith, inside of your fitness. And you could be in the pig pen and you're eating pig slop. That is, you're setting for a cheap substitute for food. And you're, you're not feeding yourself in that area of your life. And you look at yourself and say, you know what? I want something different and I want something better. And the Father runs to you in that moment, falls on your neck and kisses you. So the Father says, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and put sandals on his feet. And this is a, a total idea of acceptance, the total idea of restoration. That this idea of a robe is coming back to the robe of righteousness that covers your filth and covers your sin. And the ring is symbolizing of authority restored. That is that you, you have realized and recognized that you are my son and I give you the authority back. 
So not only is all your mistakes covered, but I give you the authority and the power to begin to walk in an awesome life in the future. And then the sandals on his feet is giving, you know what, I'm going to give you the ability to walk as you should with righteousness, with authority, and with power. And this is the powerful reality that has taken place inside of our life, that we were the one who decided on self-destruction. But in the, in the terms of things or going through the process, we realize afterwards the mistake that we have made. And we decided to return to the Father, and he, he comes and he embraces us with the hug and with acceptance and with love and says, you know what, get the robe, get the ring, get the shoes. This is my son. He was lost, and now he is found. And that is the powerful, powerful reality that has taken place inside of our lives. And I love this story so much because I was the one. So now many people believe, and I'm under this assumption also, that the older son was just as lost as the younger son. Now in this story, you see the elder son, you see the mindset and the beliefs of the Pharisees. It has manifested in this older son. And in his attitude and the way he responds, um, and the way he responds to everything, right? That the older son was in the field and he came to the house because he heard music and dancing, right? So he began to call one of the servants uh, forward and ask him, what the heck is going on here? I've, you know, there's a celebration going on. There's all this happiness. There's everything that's going on. And the, the servant began to reply, your brother has come home. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he's back safe and sound. And what began to happen with the older brother was that he become angry and he refused to go in. So the father began to come out and begin to plead with him. And he answered his father and said, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and I never disobeyed your orders. And he said, you never gave me a fatted calf so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who had squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. What the heck is wrong with you, dad? And I want you to listen to the father's reply. He said, son, you are always with me. And everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be happy because your brother, he was dead, but now he's alive. And he was once lost, but now he is found. So I find some uh, some crazy truths in here about the older brother. But the first one, that he was not happy about his uh, sinful brother finding the truth. And what we have today is, is the same mindset of the self-righteous and the religiosity that is not happy about reaching sinners 
is not happy about connecting, not happy about being in that environment, and would criticize those that do. And it's the mindset that is totally contrary to what God wants to accomplish. And the second thing I see in here is that the older brother wasn't utilizing his privileges as being a son because the father said that you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. And what he was saying is that you could have killed a fatted calf at any time and invited all your friends over at any time, but you never utilized your privileges. You never took advantage of that opportunity. You never began to appropriate the real relationship that you had. The only thing that you care about is, is being obedient and fulfilling your duties. And you never really connected with me. You never understood relationship in the process. And what we have is a lot of men, just like the older son, that have been at the father's house and, and they've been obedient and they don't understand what they have. They don't understand the privileges that they possess and they never, ever utilize them. And the third thing I see that this older son, he, you know what, he was filled with the illusion that he never transgressed his father's commandments, right? And he said, all these years I have been your slave. I have been your slave. So the bottom line is, is that he had this slave mentality that I am here to keep a set of rules, And that, that's what my relationship with my father's about. And in all of this, he came to the conclusion that he was so self-righteous and he was under the illusion that he never disobeyed his father at any time. And as we know, in human nature, in reality, that's definitely a farce. That none of us can stand and say, you know what, I have never transgressed your commandments. <laughs> at any time. <laughs> like, you know, this hoity-toity, self-righteous attitude of, of thinking that you're perfect when you're not. And so this is what uh, the condition of the Pharisees were in. First, uh, they were not happy with their brother finding the truth. Uh, second, they never utilized their own privileges. Third, they are under the assumption that they never transgressed their father's commandments. And fourth, they were under the slave mentality and not a son. You see, they were in the father's house and he took on the identity of slavery. He took on the idea of being a servant instead of taking on the identity of being a son. And I find this true in so many ways and fashion inside of Christian men that many men decide for the slave mentality and not the son. And lastly, he was comparing his own life with the life of his brother and justified himself as righteous and looked at his brother as a sinner worthy of death. And so he began to look and see how great he was how he was there present with the father and he never transgressed and he did all these things. And then he began to point the finger of judgment at the younger son and say, you know what? He has took your possessions. He's kind of reminding people of their sins, right? This is what takes place in the, in the religious community that they <laughs> constantly remind you of who you were. 
and begin to point the finger at your sins. So the elder brother began to do that. Wasted all your money on these prostitutes. And you come and you kill the fatted calf for him. And so the, the, the answer of the father is powerful. He said, you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. And I know that you haven't recognized it and that you haven't seen it and you haven't taken advantage of your privileges. And I'm pointing that out to you right now. And we had to celebrate and be happy because your brother, your brother was dead. He was dead going on the path to destruction. And he decided to change his mind and begin to pursue life. And he's alive again. He was once lost, but now he's found. And it's time to celebrate. Mm. I love this story. Uh, sorry, I went uh, extremely long. I don't even know how long I went, uh, but I probably went off on my little tangent here. But where do you see yourself at? Do you see yourself in the lost sheep, the coin, the lost son? That you are the one who have decided to leave the father and go out and pursue, you know, this life of pleasure. And you look at that and say, you know what, I've never, uh, I never slept with a prostitute and uh, I never asked for my inheritance early. But do you see yourself in that son that uh, you have straight away and you went for pleasure? Or do you see yourself in the son who says, you know what, I've, uh, I've kept all my father's commandments from my youth up. And I'm very uh, self-righteous and justified. And, uh, you know, I would never, ever do what uh, my younger brother did. He is such a wicked sinner. <laughs> uh, which son do you see yourself in? It doesn't matter because it, 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 uh, you're going to find yourself in one. I've actually been the younger and I've been the older son at some point. You know, after you begin to uh, walk with God and get to get some of your stuff together, sometimes you shift into that slave mentality. Sometimes you shift into uh, of not taking advantage of your privileges as a sh as a son, and you fall into that self righteousness. So I see myself in both. But the bottom line is this: is are you going to respond to the Father today? The Father loved both the sons, and He welcomed both back. He welcomed the older son back to come in to celebrate and begin to understand what was taking place. And so at any rate, no matter which side you see yourself in, the father comes to you that are lost and gives you the message of hope and asking, will you return? Will you be connected to me? Will you drop the slave mentality? Will you take advantage of your privileges? Will you receive my robe of righteousness, my ring, and my authority? And begin to walk in it. And the choice is ours, brother. Peace.